T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Yeah, Michael's back. Uh-huh, Michael's back. Oh, 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 oh my goodness. I absolutely love this hour. It is my favorite because I get a chance to talk to my son, Michael Battle, all the way in Los Angeles, California. He is about to turn, oh, should I tell Michael? Should I tell them how old no. you're going to be soon? No, don't tell him. <laughs> Yeah, man, when I think about you and your sister and, you know, I'm looking, oh, my gosh, I have children. What? That age? Oh, man. It's awesome, though, Michael. You're on the right side of the dirt, right? That is the way to do it. That's the goal. Yes, and it was a jam-packed pre-birthday weekend. Uh, my birthday is midweek this year, and I have more plans next weekend. And this this weekend in particular, uh, I didn't plan it to be as packed as it was, but Lord knows it was a blast. Uh, and like unexpected fun times popped up from last night, uh, the evening before, even today. And I have so many stories. Where should I start? Oh, just begin, honey. Wherever you want to land, go. Just begin. Okay. First of all, uh, I am not in my 20s anymore. So when I hang out with people who are in their 20s on Friday night and they say, let's go get one drink at the bars just real quick. You know, I should know I can't hang like I used to back in the day. Uh, but, you know, we went out. I saw a ton of my friends. They basically had one location. I, I think I knew about 15 people who were there throughout the evening. Uh, more and more of my friends showed up. And, again, it wasn't a planned thing. And it felt like a birthday party, if you will. <clears throat> and then once that happens, well, you can't leave. Uh, and then I was up until 3 a.m. So, <laughs> you know. Oh but I was thinking to myself, like, this is crazy. I'm too old for this. So I said, you know what? It's the weekend before your birthday. You only live once. Have some fun. So I went to bed, got up, and the next night, which was last night, I, I did have that scheduled. I had a group of, group, group of 12 people going to go see Black Panther 2 Wakanda Forever in theaters. Um, and so I, I, I was planning to get there a little bit early to eat some food. And um, backstory on this, I think you know I love wearing uh, sparkly outfits, sparkly shoes, show pieces, you know, outfits that feel, feel like a costume almost because – as, as a magician, I've been wearing costumes on stage for quite some time. I love performative clothing, things that make you feel different, walk different, feel good about yourself. You know, and for other people, it could be a different brand, a different style. It could be a really cool hoodie. For me, it's kimonos and, you know, sparkly things. So we have talked about uh, the things that I've worn several times in the past, but I especially like to wear things like that on special occasions. Uh, so for Black Panther, when the first one came out in 2018, I wore a, a, a green and gold sparkly dashiki to the movies. 
Uh, <laughs> and I have my other <laughs> friends also wearing dashikis and African outfits. And, you know, I wasn't the only person dressing up because uh, there was a huge swell of excitement for uh, Black Panther when the first one came out in 2018. So since I plan this group outing to go see Black Panther 2 in theaters. I told my friends, hey, we're going to dress up. But the theme, of course, was either an African outfit or you could wear all black, which is fine. You can come as you are, which is fine. But people were also wearing all white uh, to go see this film in theaters uh, as uh, an homage to, 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 to the funeral for, for King, King T'Challa, of course, played by Chadwick Boseman. Um, in, in honor of that, because that's, that, that's the funeral garb in the movie and in, in many parts of uh, West African culture. So I said, you know what, we're all white. And I just didn't, I didn't really have an outfit together. I didn't know what I was going to wear. I didn't have an option. And this may all sound silly. I'm talking about clothing, but, you know, I'm a movie person. <laughs> you know, so when a, a movie comes out like this and, and that is this uh, special and, and, and at this magnitude and, and as a sequel to a film that had such a huge impact on my life, I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up. I'm going to get involved. I'm going to participate. Uh, and I also like wearing costumes. So here we are. Anyway, I put an outfit together with some old things I had, an old sparkly shirt, some old white pants. And I'll be like, all right, this will do. I didn't, I, know, I didn't find anything, and this didn't require me to spend any money. And we get to the mall. Frankly, I'm still recovering from the, the night before. I'm, I'm a, a little bit tired. <clears throat> and Joey looks over and sees these, these, these three, uh, four beautiful women, all Asian, packing up some clothing at this um, skincare boutique. And it looks like they're about to leave, so it must have been some kind of pop-up shop. And he goes, oh, what's this over here? And I, I noticed the woman standing outside is wearing this fabulous kimono. It's like blue and embroidered and silk and sparkly. And I, I walk over, I said, oh, I absolutely love your, your, your kimono. She goes, oh, thank you. We're selling these. I said, I'm sorry, what? Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> she's like, yeah. And they start showing me different pieces. Like, oh, like, are, do you like kimonos? And I was like, do I like kimonos? And I pulled up my Instagram at Michael Battle LA and showed them all the kimonos I have worn on red carpets and two events. I was like, oh, I will wear a kimono with some sparkles. Like, I, I will make that happen. Fast forward. They say, yeah, we, we just launched a brand-new brand, uh, and, and this was a pop-up shop to, uh, to sell this new brand. And uh, they said, come on in. And they, would you like some, some Prosecco? You want some brownies, some snacks? Sure. And they start pulling out all these various kimonos that are really that long <clears throat> pieces that uh, are, I guess, made for men. Men are women, but, you know, I'll wear them. And they are extraordinary. The fabrics, the textures, the sparkles, the cut. And I said, how much are these? And they quoted me a price, but I could not believe how good it was. Now, yeah. you, you saw one of the shirts I found online. I think it, I may have mentioned that to you last time I spoke to you. It was a crystal. It was a shirt that had crystals embroidered on the front. And I sent it to you. And I said, but mom, you, you said, oh, it's beautiful. I said, look at the price. And how much was it? Oh, my God. $6,642. I will yeah, never forget exactly. that. It was crazy, Michael. And I'm sitting there thinking, I could get some fake gems. Because those weren't diamonds. Those were fake gems, right? I mean, it was just like what you go to Joanne Fabrics and buy. Am I right? I, I'm, I'm assuming there are. Even if they were, who's going to go spend $6,000 on a shirt? Oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> on a dress shirt. When you sent so, that to me, I had to, like, blow a picture up to really see what it was all about. And where would you wear it? 
I mean, lightning I, I mean, could hit it if it's got metal on it, right? <laughs> I, mean, I would wear it all kinds of places. I'm just that that amount of money is just not sensible. It's crazy. So I, just, I was out of luck, and all of a sudden, I come upon this amazing pop-up shop. They're pulling in all these kimonos. They're fantastic. I'll, I'll take that one. I'll take that one. Long story short, we just had this beautifully magical kismet moment. And uh, Joanne Alba is, is, is the name of the designer, last name A-L-B-A. Uh, Alba Legacy is the new company she just made, and she, <clears throat> excuse me, is a fashion designer for celebrities, and just did Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis's suits when they got inducted to the Hall of Fame uh, that we oh, just wow. talked about last time. Uh, and Magic Johnson is her mentor. She's dressed Stevie Wonder. She's dressed Cardi B. She's dressed all these uh, uh, famous people and sports figures. And I find myself in this shop. After months of shopping, can't find anything, being handed one after another custom one-of-a-kind <clears throat> kimonos made by a woman who's made a career dressing tall, muscular black men on sports teams in fancy outfits that sparkle. And I was like, well, look at God. What <laughs> <Because laughs> are the chances of being in that moment, in that store? And they were just, they were so happy I was there. And I said, you have no idea. I started explaining to them, what it means to me to wear these things. Like, yeah, it's clothing. Who cares? Who cares? But it's important to me because when you work in tech, when you're in certain environments, it's important to walk into that space as your holy, authentic self. And after 2020, I made this kind of commitment to myself to wherever I am, whether it's a business meeting, to have something on that screams who I really am. Don't put away the magician, the performer, the creative side of myself just for business suits and dress shoes. So, the sparkly shoes that I bought and that we talked about, I wear those to work at Amazon Prime Video because that's who I really, really am. So having pieces like this to wear for my birthday, to Black Panther, uh, it's just kind of a, an extension of that mindset. I broke into tears talking about this, and then they all start crying. We're passing the tissue around, passing the Prosecco around, <laughs> just booing and giving hugs. Then they started giving me all these uh, – uh, face products, and just gifts for, for my birthday. And the main designer, she had on, uh, and I'll make this quick, she had on this uh, white textured kimono with all these rainbow colors on the inside. And as she kept walking around, I kept seeing this little glint of silk multicolor on the inside. And she saw me looking at it, and, and she said, oh, well, not this one. You know, no, I, I, this, right. this one's special. And I'm shopping, and I'm shopping. And as we get to know each other, we're all crying and hugging and talking. She takes it off her shoulders and says, you need to try this on. She puts it on me. I walk in the mirror, and I, I literally broke into tears. And at oh this my point, goodness, honey. I'm oh. sobbing. I go, this is the most beautiful piece of clothing I've ever seen. And we're all sobbing. <laughs> it's a whole thing. So now we're all friends on Instagram. I have five new kimonos. I wore the white one with the rainbow inside. Uh, to Black Panther last night. I, I wore uh, another one today, which we'll talk about in a second, and it was just a magical, magical moment before I ever even saw the movie. Wow, it's an incredible story, Michael. It really is. And I know some people will laugh and go, why is he so into fashion? This is who he is. He's been, I remember when you were in fourth grade and you would wear polo shirts. You loved polo shirts. And you say, Mom, can I get this polo shirt at, at Montgomery Wards? You remember that? <laughs> you I, I, I asked me. <laughs> yeah, and you wore khaki pants. I mean, you look like back then, you look like somebody who would work at Target. 
and you know, with the red and tan on the khaki. So I am amazed at how far you've come because the things that you love, you stick to them. You have sweaters. Uh, you, I know that old man sweater that you have. I'm gonna eventually steal it from your closet. And, uh, but not to wear it. Dedicate it to, burn, it to someone you don't like that who one. really, yeah, you know, give it to someone who really would enjoy it. You know. But I'll say this: I'm also the kid in grade school who will go to school wearing a cape with a dragon puppet on my arm, and just walk <laughs> into school like like he had a name. I gave him a backstory, and we're talking like a five foot long puppet. With a cape and a, a, and a vampire wig that I would comb the hair back on. You look just like, like Eddie. What was his name? Eddie. Eddie uh, Murphy in the. No, no, no not Eddie, Eddie Murphy. This is a little child. Eddie Munster. Eddie oh, Munster. That's it. Yes, yes, with a black cape and a high collar and a dragon puppet, and that to me was the best day ever. That was just peak me. So yeah, that's the base. That's the foundation of of who I am. Which again. I get it from my mom. <laughs> because, okay, but one more know, interruption, I, Michael. One more interruption. You remember when we went to Las Vegas? I was performing. You came with me. And they, what was it called? EP. What was the name of that piece? EF. EF. Oh, oh EFX, the, the show. V, EFX, the effects show. Yes, right. FX. Right. And you, we had a chance to go see that. We had time to go see it. It was spectacular. It really yeah. was. I don't know why it closed, but it was spectacular. And you were so inspired. You just immediately started creating, drawing, writing about everything that you saw. And, oh, Mom, in the future, when I start to do work like this, I, you know, I really want to make sure I know what I'm doing. It was really amazing. And you've kind of been on this trajectory for a long time. You know, you've even done, um, when you were in film school, you even had a, an opportunity to do a small movie. And it was powerful, very, very powerful. So by, you, know, you never way, give up, and I appreciate it. By the way, uh, really quick before we break, I think all this fashion talk, I think Michael needs to find some way to get involved or invested in this potential Estee Lauder-Tom Ford merger uh, Estee Lauder buying out Tom Ford. I think uh, that would be very beneficial for Michael. I didn't know that. Yeah, I had not heard of that either. And Tom Ford is going to be very expensive because everything he makes is insanely expensive. Yep, it's a uh, uh, three billion, nearly three billion dollars for this. Uh, <coughs> oh, this, I, for them buying I out forgot, Tom Ford. I forgot to tell you, I just actually legally changed my name to Tom Ford. I'm not sure if I announced <laughs> that. So I will be selling my brand that I started. My brand. You yeah. started. Now, Michael, we mm -hmm. have to take a break. But when we come back, I want to talk to you about um, an opera that you went to go see today. So we'll be back in a moment. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Shut up and dance with me. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome. You are listening to the Mom and Michael Hour right here on WCCO. I'm your host, Geraldine Steele, along with my son, Michael Battle from Los Angeles. We are having a great time talking about some of Michael's escapades. <laughs> it's just been so funny and then awful sad at times as well. Also, the other voice that you hear is Jonathan Lowe, our Producer, by the, the way, the uh, that song was for myself to shut up while the commercials are are going. Since I oh, ended up talking goodness. over one of the commercials there in the break. Oh, you didn't. I was going to ask. Just didn't push the right button. He didn't push the right button. We all make mistakes like that, Jonathan. No problem. No worries. It's interesting, Michael. You had a chance to go. You know, I was just talking to Jonathan about. Um, which states had the slavery, uh, reinstallation of slavery um, on the ballot for the midterms. And it was Alabama, Louisiana, Oregon, Tennessee, and Vermont. And I was shocked at Vermont because it's Bernie Sanders' state. You know, I was just, you know, he's the the liberal. And I just couldn't believe that it was on their ballot. Um, and I don't know which one. There was Out of the five, four rejected it, and only one did not reject it. I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. I don't know, Jonathan, did you, did you find it yet? Oh, he's not there. Okay, so Mike. No, I'm, I'm still uh, looking over this story, this uh, Associated Press story. Okay, keep looking over it. That's okay, because I want to ask Michael a question. Um, Michael, you had a chance to go to this incredible opera called Omar, um, and that was in Los Angeles earlier today. And it was about slavery and so much more like that, right? Um, and I'm just curious to know, did you expect it? Did you? Is it what you thought it would be? So I, when I first was on the phone with a, a salesperson from LA Opera who was trying to give me to buy season tickets, uh, he said, oh, we have this new production. And he said, Omar. And, and I think he p- pitched the, the storyline as an Arabic man in West Africa who, who then gets uh, forced into the slave trade and brought over to uh, the South here in, in, in America. And, and then has to struggle to uh, maintain his, his Muslim faith in this new world of slavery and, and then force Christianity upon American slaves. And I was like, that sounds heavy. I'm not really big into slave movies or content because it's just too heavy. I can't deal with it. It's sad. Then I started seeing trailers for this piece and little clips of the of the singing. Um, also, with opera is in English. I'm not a big fan of operas in English. And then my friend started to go. And I said, you know what? I actually think I really want to go see this piece. And I am so glad I did. First of all, it was sold out. <clears throat> that audience was absolutely packed. When that show ended today, I have not heard a live opera audience roar as loudly as that audience roar. Now, mind you, it, it was the last show in, in this run at LA Opera, so it was you know the final performance for this almost all black cast, uh, black conductor, and it was it's magnificent. The production design alone is worth seeing it. The the, the scale, the height, and and many of the, of the set pieces have uh, lines of, of the Arabic 
um, writing that that Omar, the actual person in real life who, who, who wrote his, his memoir in the 1800s after surviving slavery and, you know, making it to America. Um, and he wrote it in Arabic. And they have many of the lines from the book on the set, like inscribed on, on the fabric that's on the fabric of their costumes. And kind of like Black Panther, people showed up in outfits. Um, so I had a kimono with like patches of African fabrics on the sleeves that, of course, I had just purchased uh, that I wore. And I got lots of compliments on that. But people really showed up in these beautiful pieces and African pieces and um, uh, scarves and necklaces. And uh, people knew we're going to go to this piece. We're going to honor this and be part of this theme and show up with pride. And it was just an incredible experience at the opera today. So jam-packed weekend, and, you know, I haven't even gotten to what I thought of Black Panther, which, of course, we can get to later on. I hear silence. <laughs> Are we good? I am silent. I'm so sorry. I'm just talking. Oh, I was talking. <laughs> oh, wait. That is so embarrassing. Okay. Well, well no, because you, you did the opposite of what Jonathan was doing. He was supposed to be on mute with talking. <laughs> you were supposed to be talking. You Jonathan, don't Jonathan. let him get to you. Don't let him get to you. <laughs> but Sir, I, will say- I only have one thing to say to you in, in advance of your birthday. Touche. All right, Michael, we're going to take another break and uh, pay some bills, and we'll be back in a moment. Welcome back, everyone. It is now 1037 here at WCCO. Of course, my son, Michael Battle, this is called the Mom and Michael Hour. We've been doing this for, what, 18 years now, Michael, since you've been living out there in uh, L.A., so it's always a pleasure. Also, the other voice is Jonathan Lowe, our in-studio producer as well. All right, Michael, it's time to talk about Black Panther. This is your thing. You do the movies for us, so what do you say about it? Okay, so as I mentioned, I had an outfit going in, which was great. Mm-hmm. I already had cried some tears. Uh, the movie theater was sold out. It was a mix of all colors and genders and ages, and it was, you know, what, what you would expect for a big four-quadrant film like Black Panther, but of course also large groups of mostly black people like my group was also. Um, the hype was huge for this. It's a sequel to, you know, one of those life-changing movies, Black Panther. Um how do I describe this? First of all, I don't want to give any spoilers because there are several surprises in this movie, so I don't want to talk about those. So overall, um, there are movies that I love that are in my top ten because they're really good movies. And then there are movies that are um, peak points in my life. Again, I'm, I'm a movie person. Uh, movies, of course, aren't, aren't as important to everyone else, but this franchise is one of them. And this sequel is one of them. I wept. The people next to me wept. Everyone in that theater was weeping during this movie at multiple different points. It, it, it is entirely a tribute to Chadwick Boseman. Um, and it's, it's not just about the loss of an actor. Like, I, I didn't know him, you know? I, I've never met him before, but obviously that movie meant a lot to me and to a lot of other people uh, around the world. Um, but it was a combination of losing him and how they had to shift this entire film after he uh, passed, passed away from cancer to make it into a new film. But it also encapsulated overall mourning of black death. And then in the storyline, saw how that, how that the weight of that mourning uh, was shouldered uh, on the backs of black women and how they have to, um, you know, process and push through that weight. And it was all of 2020 wrapped into art in a way that's, 
you know, more digestible because it's a Marvel film and still a superhero film, but it was just so much more than that. And to me, that's what movies should do. They should allow you to go into a totally different world, escape into something uh, you know, fantastical and wonderful that takes you out of reality, but in that same space, give you a new lens, a new filter through which to process something important. And the grief of 2020 and all that's come after that uh, very much is still being processed. And we were weeping in that movie theater. So it's a must-see film. Even if you have not seen all the, all the Marvel films, if you've seen Black Panther 1 and you enjoyed it, you must see Black Panther 2. Yes, there are action sequences and there's, you know, what you would expect from a Marvel film. There's, you know, big explosions and really fun stuff. There are some funny moments. Uh, the film is, I think, two and a half hours long. I mean, so there's definitely time to get in all the beats you would expect. But the 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 main tone is that respect, reverence, and honoring of of the loss of Black Panther himself. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, I, I don't want to say life-changing on a movie, but it's like I'll be telling my kids about, yeah, when I went opening weekend to see Black Panther 1 and 2 in an outfit, and we all cried together and what that meant. Uh, oh, Huge piece of advice, as we all know, Marvel has usually a couple cut scenes, uh, one at the uh, mid-credits, as they call it, so after the first like two or so minutes of, of credits roll, and then sometimes one at the end. Uh, make sure to stay for the, especially the first cut scene on this film, because it is an important one. Okay, so Michael, how does one studio be able to create so much for one franchise? I, I think it's once in a lifetime. I mean, there have been studios that have produced hit after hit. There have been producers that have produced hit after hit. Um, there's never been a, a, a Kevin Feige, uh, who is the, the head of Marvel content. There's never been a singular person who has overseen, at this point, what are we at, 14 years of franchise movies all in, in the same universe. He really is the first, and I, I don't mean to give him all the credit. There's an enormous team of people, uh, of women and people of lots of genders that make this happen. Uh, but their team, they're the first ones to do this at this scale and at this level of success, producing the, the most successful movie studio in the history of movies. Uh, and there have been some misses. I mean, the, the, the Dr. Strange film that came out, earlier this year, uh, as we talked about, wasn't the greatest movie. We definitely had some weak points. The Thor film that came out earlier this year was really quite terrible. Um, had some fun moments. But it was all it, about love, uh, wasn't it? <laughs> but the Thor, Love, and Thunder, it wasn't very good. So, you know, they don't always get it right. There are weaker entries in the uh, Marvel franchise, but this is not one of them. So uh, I think the question is, when you do this many films over this period of time, how, do you, how are you still able to... Um, uh, foster the creation of, of seminal pieces like this. And I think it's giving Ryan Coogler and the rest of the team the space to make what they need to make, to, to make it for the, for the culture, for Chad, Chadwick Boseman and his family and for the fans that said, know what this movie means to fans of all colors around the globe and to honor that, give them space to do the work. And they did. Um, I, we're going to hear about this film during the Oscars. I, I think it should win again for costumes. Um, some of the best costumes I've seen in the movie since the last Black Panther film. Um, and we may hear for some acting. We'll see. But it, it's just an incredible, incredible movie. Can I, yeah, can I, I offer my two cents on this? For sure. 
Can I offer my two cents on this? Um, did you pay to go see a show at two cents? I'd like just to. Just kidding, Jonathan. It'd be I'm great with kidding. inflation right now. That'd be awesome. <laughs> It'd be great. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. I think we have to also put take a nod to the source material and Stan Lee, uh, who was in many ways the generator of this entire universe of, 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 I guess you could call them misfits or outlaws in a way, and the fact that you had so much material to pull from and you had your all these different superheroes with all these different flaws that could make them humanized, I think that finally getting a chance to tap into that and and having the technology to to kind of let your imagination go because I don't know if you could have done this back in the eighties or back in the sixties. You didn't have the technology to keep up with the imagination that you can get in the comic books. So I think you got to get a, get a big nod there. Well, yeah, you didn't put I, um, your two cents in, honey. That was about 45 cents. <laughs> wait, wait, you owe Michael I, I, some I money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't disagree, Jonathan. Stanley obviously is, 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 is the progenitor of all things Marvel. However, Many studios and producers have tried to do this very thing before Disney ever got their hands on it. We can think of the old X-Men films and the X-Men films that even kept going before Disney purchased Fox. Most of those are not good. I saw them all in theaters and I enjoyed them, but they're not very good movies. We can think of the original Fantastic Four films that uh, Fox also tried to do. Um, And there there have been um, Blade 1, 2, and 3 Punisher. There have been so many Marvel films and all the various iteration of Spider-Man films, some better than others, that did not capture this magic. So, yes, the material is there, but this particular iteration of, of bringing Stan Lee's original vision to life isn't just about technology. There, I think there is a, a higher level craft happening here and, and, and a grander foresight that no one else had before. Well, well, I hope that's right. I mean, it's it's quite remarkable to see the cast. I mean, I I was very moved by just looking at the pictures of the cast. Um, no matter how many Marvel movies you talk about, this particular, this particular piece, the the last one, which was Black Panther and Black Panther Two, um, it's from what I can see and sense from it all. Just hearing from people because I haven't seen it yet, but I will. I promise you that. Um, because I loved it when I went to go see Black Panther 1. Although some people really believe that there were empty moments in Black Panther 1. Do you agree with that? I don't, but I am deeply biased because I'm a huge Marvel fan. So are, are either of these films, Black Panther 1 and Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever, are those two films perfect? By no means. Do they have flaws? Sure. But I think the, the overall success um, just completely outshines where there might be a flaw because I don't, I'm not really as obsessed with the, the, the character development of the villain. You know, I'm really, uh, I, I'm looking into how this is honoring the, the ethos, the culture of Black Panther. How is it speaking to the fans? And it did that impeccably. Uh, so, but mm-hmm. I, I have, I have friends that were like, Oh, you know, I, I would have liked more of that. Or I, I have a friend that owned a, a visual effects company and he was like, Oh, it was good. But the VFX in that shot or on this shot and, I'm just so moved by it as, a, as an experience that I'm, I'm less inclined to, to, to nitpick at things like that on this particular title. 
Right. Okay, we've got to take a break. And when we come back, I want to talk to you about or ask you about what was the spirit in the room like when you went to go see Black Panther 2. We'll be back. It is now 10.52 here at WCCO. Welcome back. As we wrap up this hour, I'm talking about several things tonight with my son. We call this the Mom and Michael Hour. We sure appreciate you sticking and staying with it. Um, we hope to have spoken about in the, the only two hours that we had tonight. The rest was for games, um, for sports. Um, but I must say that it has been quite remarkable to see how all of this is affecting so many uh, and hopefully rising us up, raising us up, rising so that we all can get to the point where we understand one another and actually absolutely care for one another. Michael, as I look through the cast, I see about five or six people of non-color, white people. And then I also see um, uh, many black people. I see the one that you used to work for, the incredible um, Oscar winner, Forrest Whitaker, um, who was also in this piece. Tell me what p- part he played. I don't think he was in what? the second one. No kidding? Well, let's say this, though. This I don't is, think we should is... go to the cast <laughs> because okay. I don't want to give away any spoilers on that. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Well, I am excited that you and your sister had a chance to go. Do you think children can handle it? And if so, at what age? Um, that is a really good question. It's a PG-13 film, so if I go with that, I'd say 13. Obviously, there are young people who are going to try to go see this film before they're 13. Um, so I would just base it off of the first film. Like, if you, you know, have a young person who could handle the first one, they could likely handle this movie. But there, again, there's a there's a, an overtone to this film that has a lot more gravity than pretty much any other Marvel Universe film that we've ever had. So I think it would take that conversation. Like if you if if you don't talk about you know death in your household a lot, this is going to spark that conversation because it it is heavy at times. Okay, so then let's talk about the spirit in the room. You know, for me, anytime I go to a movie theater or just go inside any place to watch a show or concert, you name it, I'm very uh, alert to what it feels like in the space. What did it feel like for you, your friends, and all the people around you? What did you sense? That's the first word that comes to mind is it it felt like release. It felt like a memorial service, you know, where... You cry, but people tell beautiful stories and crack some jokes and you smile and you hug each other and you leave there having that release, that emotional hug where you say, you know, we, we honor this person. We went through this experience together and as, as a community. We're going to now move forward with respect and honor. It has a lot of that feeling uh, throughout the film and in the theater. And I mean, again, there are people next to me in the theater that I'd never met before. And we're turning to each other being like, oh my God, we're crying again. And we're laughing like, it's just so good. You know what I mean? So it was a a communal experience. Uh, And again, people of all colors. This is a four quadrant film. Yes, it's called Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And it has a huge black audience, but uh, it is shown in the first film and now again in this one with the box office receipts that People of all colors and ages go see this film and have that, that attachment to this character. So uh, it's release. It's healing. And finally, we only have about a minute left. Um, Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 84%. Is that enough for you? Do you think it should have been higher? The audience score is 95%, but I think this movie is bigger 
than Rotten Tomatoes scores or its incredible box office uh, this weekend. It's the highest grossing uh, uh, November opening ever. So it was huge in the box office. The scores are great. The, 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 the reviews going out are great. It'll, it'll make a ton of money, but it's bigger than all of those things. It, it got right what it had to get right, and that was honoring Chadwick Boseman. Yep, that's the key. That was the key for the audience because immediately when Ryan Coogler was even announced, people started, you know, campaigns going, whatever you do, we still have to honor him. He's gone. Mm -hmm. He left this planet. We still have to honor him. And they did from what I've heard. So I can't wait to see it. I'm really looking forward to it. And every time I get a, a moment when I can go, I stop and just go, wait a minute, wait, wait, do I want to go with someone? And who would that person be? So I wish I could come out there and see it with you and Joey, but you know. Oh, and by I the mean, way, how did Joey like? Uh, how did Joey like the opera? Just in a couple. He words. actually really enjoyed it. The the, oh, the hey first half, first half was heavy, but the second half was more uplifting, and it was beautiful to watch. So he loved it. That's awesome, and the costumes you said were just uh, operas are amazing to look at to watch to be a part of it's just amazing. Michael, it's been so much joy having you on. Your mother loves you so much. And I think about you. I pray for you. I, I feel as though I am so connected to my children, and that is a godsend. So never forget you who you are. Don't forget who you are and whose you are. Deal? Deal. I love you, son. Good night. Love Jonathan, thanks for everything. Good night, everyone. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 